Right. Now, as, as I planned on coming to share with you, it's one of those times that I visit uh, churches, and, um, and I, I remember the last time I was here, and then, you know, I always look forward to coming, but time goes by very fast before I can come again. It's like, where did it all go? Um, so I was thinking about what to share with you, and then I realized this is Christmas, this is December. Uh, the story that everybody's talking about is about Christ. So I'm going to share with you on the topic of the most amazing story ever taught. The most amazing story ever taught. You probably wonder how I came up with this uh, title. I found it amazing. It's like, whoa. And I'm going to explain as I, you know, so I had, you know, I had to, I had to ask myself, I said, I'm going to talk about this. Has anyone ever talked about this before? Because it might sound crazy. The most amazing story ever taught. And uh, so, but we're going to read from Matthew chapter one. And I'll be reading from the NIV. We read verse 18 up to verse 25. The Bible reads, this, how, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. Now you see that. Uh, we have some teachers here, so he's going to now explain. This is how it came about. So prior to this, he has given the genealogy. You know, this, you know he was the father of what, and you know, he wants to trace that genealogy all the way uh, to David. So then he says, this is how it came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. I'm going to spend time and talk about that later. You see, that statement in verse, verse 19 says, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the Lord. That's one thing. He was faithful. That means because he was faithful to the Lord, he was supposed to do something, but he chose not to do it. That's what he says. He did not want to expose her publicly. So we'll come and explain that. Uh, verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. But we we'll also consider why did Joseph have to be doing the naming? Why did it happen that way? It says, because he will save his people from their sins. 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. 
Now you see the last statement there, who gave him the name? It was Joseph who named him Jesus. So we are going to look at uh, all this. We all love good stories. Uh, Stories inspire us. They can even encourage us. Now, there are some stories that are factual and other stories are fictional. Very imaginative. There are lots of people that make up stories and you sit there glued and listening to them only to find out it's not true. It's like, oh man, I thought it was a true story because they're really good at telling the story. You know. Now, stories can amaze us when they bring about things to us that seem unreal. Can this even be real? Like if I was to tell you a story that one day as a little boy, I fell in a big pot of boiling water. Would you believe it? What about if I tell you that one time in one month, I was flying from somewhere, going somewhere, and I discovered that in that one month, I had circled the globe. Would you believe it? Now, there's some doing, how many of you would believe it? How many of you wouldn't believe it? What if I tell you that one time I was sitting by the bank of a river, and the whole thing just collapsed and I fell in the river at the age of five? Would you believe it? Everything I've told you is true. What if I tell you that one time I was almost dying from hypothermia and they had to keep me to the fire to, wait, to, to revive me as a young, as a baby? What if I tell you a story that my mother was so strong, she's since going to be with the Lord, she was so strong that she had to chase a lion in order to protect me as a toddler. Would you believe that? She took like a long stick, put it in the fire, and chased the lion. And she was a little woman. Only in Africa, eh, Herman? <laughs> Only back home. <laughs> I think Herman would understand that most of what I would tell you would actually be true when, you know, from where, where we come. And uh, that's true, right? <laughs> that, 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 you know... Um, but you see, some people would tell us stories. Some of these stories would be true, and you just sit, it's like, wow. Like when I, when I heard stories about my mother chasing a lion, I said, what, mom could do that? I didn't know that. I didn't believe it. And then she confirmed it that that, 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 that happened. Even up to now, I have trouble believing it. You know. But somehow people said she did that. So we hear stories that will amaze us. They bring about things that seem unreal, and yet these have been claimed to have happened. Now today I want to talk about the most amazing story ever told. I don't think there can ever be any story that would be as amazing as this story. I say the most, the most amazing story because there can be no story that has ever been told that will surpass this one. This is the story that you have heard over and over and over again of the birth of Jesus and why it happened. 
In fact, this month, as I said, this story is being told. Songs are being sung on the radio, in the shopping mall. People have tried to change the story. They can never manage. It doesn't matter how much you say happy holidays and happy whatever you want to be happy about, it will still be the story of Jesus. It can never be changed. It is stretched within our culture. It's a reality that we cannot run away from. There was a man named Jesus who was born as a baby. This is not fictional. It is a reality. So the question is not whether it happened, it's what you're going to do about it. Now, for something to be amazing, it has to cause great surprise. It has to cause wonder and astonishment. Then it's amazing. I think that today we misuse the word amazing. Because we talk about this amazing burger. Everything is amazing. It's amazing. No, this, is, this cannot be compared to the burgers you buy from wherever you buy them. This is an amazing story. It causes everybody to say, impossible. This can never happen. That is not true. This is not just possible. Someone cannot be conceived in this manner that you are talking about. It is supernatural. Now, there are two passages of Scripture where the story of the birth of Christ is taught. One is in Luke chapter 1, and the other one is in Matthew chapter 1. Now, these two accounts, they don't tell the same thing. Well, in a way they do but they tell it from different perspectives. And I'm going to explain to you. Are you still following? Are you glued to my story yet? Okay. So there are two, there are two stories. So we have Luke, and then we have Matthew. Now when you read the story about the birth of Christ from Luke, that is from one perspective. All right? So you've got to help me from what perspective Luke is telling and then when you read from Matthew chapter 1, it's, it's from one perspective. I wish I could give you a quiz. You tell me what perspectives are. I'm going to help you because you gave me very good dinner last night. That was very really powerful. I, I really enjoyed it. Now, Luke chapter 1 is being taught from Mary's perspective. The story, when you read Luke chapter 1, only Mary would know what is written in Luke chapter 1. Only Mary would know she was a virgin. Only Mary would know all those intimate details about the conception of Christ. That is Luke chapter 1. You follow that so far? Now, in Matthew chapter 1, Joseph finds out so it is being taught from his perspective. Joseph finds out. It's like, I am not responsible for this. I'm going to break this relationship. Are, are, are you with me so far? You still glued? Two stories. All right. There we go. Okay. So we see here that 
it says from Joseph's perspective, the writer says, now this is how the birth of Christ came about. The first point, there was the engagement that got complicated by the pregnancy that was discovered. So there was a man named Joseph, and this is from his perspective, he was engaged to be married to a young woman named Mary. So they were going to be married. Now, in that culture, the engagement or courtship took one year. So when a young man went and engaged a girl, there was one whole year before they consummated the engagement into that marriage. And during this one year, they were both treated as married, but there was no physical contact. That was the culture. So she was engaged, and she was treated like a wife. And we can see uh, when the angel speaks to Joseph, he says, do not be afraid to take your wife, because they were, she was treated as a wife. But the whole ceremony was not completed yet. So there was this relationship, there was the engagement that they were in, in together. But then things became complicated because somehow the Bible says Joseph found out that his girl was pregnant. Now, every guy will tell you that's going to be confusing. If you know, you really have never touched this girl. That is true. It's going to be very confusing. It's like, oh man, no, this is it. You cheated on me. You cheated on me. I find this very, very interesting. I'm going to read the point. It says, but before they came together, she, uh, she was found to be pregnant. She was found to be pregnant. Now, to be pregnant. Now, listen to what the Bible says. She was found to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Why does Matthew write it this way? It's like Joseph probably went to visit her, uh, her and, 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 you know, maybe she said, Joseph, I just want you to know I'm pregnant. What? Yeah, it's not what you think, Joseph. It's not what you think. It's by the Holy Spirit. Now you are crazy. What? No, Joseph, it's not what you think. Today's culture does say, I swear. I've never been with any other person. Not you, not anyone. She says, by the Holy Spirit. You see, only Mary would have known this at this point. Only Mary would have known this, that I am innocent. I have never gone to any other person in this way. Only she would have known that. So that's why she said to Joseph, it's the Holy Spirit. So when Joseph found this, we see that he didn't take her by the word. He didn't believe her to say, okay, that's okay, honey, we can deal with it. No, he didn't. He did not do that. The Bible says Joseph planned to say, I am going to get rid of this girl 
but I'm going to do it in the right way, according to how I feel, because I respect her. Definitely something happened here. But he was a righteous man. Now, when you read this story, I like to say that when Mary tells the story to Joseph, it seems that Mary is not apologetic about it. It seems like she's not bothered about it. Why do I say that? Mary does not seem bothered about the pregnancy since, as we read, now we go to a perspective in Luke chapter 1. When you read Luke chapter 1, you read from, uh, you read from 27 all the way to 37 or 28 to 37. Uh, she concludes with 38, which says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. What word? It is the word when the angel came to her and, 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 and greeted her as the most highly favored one. And she said, what type of greeting is this? And the angel says to her that you will be with child. In other words, you will be pregnant. You remember that whole thing? That's, that story? You know, let me read it. The angel went to her and said, greetings to you who are highly favored. The, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. Verse 31. Uh, sorry, verse 32. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most Holy, or the Most High. I, I like this. Is going to be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord your God, or the Lord God, will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Now Mary asks a question to the angel. She says, how will this be? Have you ever wondered why Mary asked the question? Mary knew she was engaged. So she could have as well said, Oh, yeah, I'm going to be pregnant. Yes, we'll be getting married in a year's time, and I'll be pregnant, and then we're going to have a baby. But she doesn't. She knows what the angel is talking about. The angel is not talking about the future. The angel is talking about now, at this moment. Instantly. You will be pregnant now. That's why Mary says, no, that can't be. I've never been with any man. Are you following so far? You understand where I'm coming from? I've never been. So it's not like it's going to happen in the future. It's like, no, this is happening now. This is going to happen before you get married to Joseph. You can see that the Bible says Joseph, her husband, calls her her husband because the engagement was like a marriage. He is described as a just man. That means a man who followed the law. And according to the law, a girl like that deserved to be stoned to death. A girl was found to be pregnant like that deserved to be stoned to death. You can't understand that within Canada. 
you just go to the Middle East and ask some real, real Islamic group. Not long ago, while in Regina, Saskatchewan, I was driving and listening to the radio, and that time there was a plea coming out of uh, Nigeria because a 14 or 15-year-old girl had become pregnant, and according to the Sharia law, they had to take this girl out in the field, pick stones and stone her until she died. I was, I was angry. I don't know how to describe my emotions. So when I talk about these things, some of you might think, oh, big deal. No, this was a big deal. It was going to cause embarrassment to Mary, to Joseph, and to their families. And, and Joseph, as a righteous man, you know, he had to obey the law to get rid of this woman, but now he doesn't want to do it in a way that's going to hurt her, so he planned to somehow secretly distance himself from her. So he planned it because he was a righteous man. That's what's going on here. So he says, secretly I'm going to divorce her. Why do I tell you this? Well, the Bible tells you that. But I say because I do not think that Joseph accepted Mary's explanation of the pregnancy. Because if Joseph had accepted it, that it is the Holy Spirit that has done this in her, he would have said, you know what? Let's do it. But he said, I'm going to distance myself. That means he did not buy in. So, the second point I want to talk about is the divine encounter. You see, Mary, in chapter 1 of Luke, had had her own divine encounter when the angel of the Lord had come to her and spoken to her, and the response was that, may it be done to me according to what you have said. In other words, I give myself to you. May I be pregnant in the way you have said it. I will give myself to God. I am the Lord's servant. I wish you and I would have such encounters where we say, God, I am yours. Use me. Wherever you send, I will go. Whatever you do, Whatever you ask me of, I am yours. Mary had come to that place, but Joseph had never come to that place yet. And Joseph had his own divine encounter. We, we find out because he never went through with the divorce. Verse 20 says, but when he had made up his mind to do this, Look, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David. Why did the angel have to use his, his uh, ancestor's name? Because he was about to adopt Jesus, who was going to be called the son of David. That's why he comes to him, he says, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Ta-da! Mary would have, would have said like, Joseph, that's what I was trying to tell you. You didn't get it. The angel comes at night while Joseph is sleeping and he says, listen, what is 
there, what is conceived uh, within her or in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now it's like, wow. Remember, he's still having this encounter. And the angel says, she will give birth to a son. And you will call his name Jesus. Who will call you Joseph? It was the job of the father to name the child. For he will save his people from their sins. Jesus was common name given. The meaning was that he was going to save his people from their sins. Who are his people? You are his people. We are all created by him. They're the people of Israel, but then there's, there's the broader sense that he came to us. That's why you are celebrating Christmas. He will save his people from their sins. What are those sins? Like the confessions we did today. All of us. We have wandered away from God. We have gone astray. And we have sinned against God. There is not a single one of us who can claim righteousness. For we have all sinned. And he came to save us from our sins. And Joseph is being told this even before you and I were born. This is why they call him Jesus. Now Matthew interprets this as a fulfillment of a prophecy by Isaiah. He says, now this all happened so that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet Isaiah or through the prophet saying, Look, the virgin will conceive and bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Jesus was born as the man, born to be a savior. I know we talk about Jesus born to be king. No. Think about it. He is king, but this birth is about him being born to be savior. To save us from our sins. To set us free from our bondages. Point three. Joseph accepts Jesus and God's will. So Joseph has the same experience as Mary. Remember when Mary got the message, she said, I'm the Lord's servant. Now, Joseph wakes up. His mind is completely changed. He's no longer going to divorce this girl. He's going to marry her. He is going to marry her and live with whatever shame people would throw at her. Did you know that people, there was talk going around in Nazareth People used to talk about Jesus being illegitimate. You remember one time, I think it's John chapter 8, or some place where they said, we are not illegitimate children. In other words, we are not like you. So Joseph was willing for the sake of God's kingdom 
to do the will of God, to suffer shame and embarrassment. How would you tell the story? Oh yeah, my wife is pregnant, not from me, from the Holy Spirit. What? That's what she's been lying to you? Now, we don't think about that because we don't want to think about Jesus having endured all these things, and yet Jesus did endure all these things. He was a man from Nazareth that people saw growing up, and yet he said he was God. It's like, what? We even know your village. We know your parents. Joseph, when he had woken up from his sleep, did as the Lord's angel directed him and took Mary to be his wife. Publicly accepting Mary as his wife and publicly obeying God. Choosing to obey God. The Bible says he had no physical knowledge of his wife. He didn't consummate the engagement still until she had given birth to a son. Why did he stay away physically? This is part of obeying God. This was in reverence for what his wife was carrying. That's my interpretation. This is in reverence because he has had this encounter. In reverence for that, he knew but we know that after Jesus was born, that was not the case. So then we do not believe in perpetual virginity, like some people think that, that Mary was perpetually a virgin. That's not true, because she had other children. She had other sons and daughters. It was only during this time that he stayed away. And when the son was born... Joseph named him Jesus. When you name somebody like that, that means you are legally accepting that person as your son. So he legally accepted Jesus. When you read in Luke chapter 1, the angel does not go Jesus, the son of Joseph. He is called the son of God. When we sang carols last night, one of the songs you sang said, Begotten, not created. Because here, when you and I give birth, we, we are giving birth to some, something that we didn't ourselves create, but somebody else created. If you know what I'm saying. Gave life to that. In the case of Jesus, it's different. There's no man involved. It is only a womb that is required. It is a miracle where God comes down in the womb. 
It is crazy. It's amazing that that can happen. Why did he have to do that? In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Because his children have flesh and blood, he too had to have flesh and blood in order to deliver them. To experience the weaknesses, the pain, the things that they experienced, he needed to be like us in order to understand us. He came to lift us up from where we were. And you say nobody understands you. He does. Nobody cares for me. Nobody understands. There is one man who experienced rejection, who experienced ridicule, who experienced every pain that you have and every temptation that you have, and yet he never sinned. Why did he do that? To set you and I free. Brothers and sisters, we are not a social club. We are Christians, redeemed by this God, our Redeemer, who has set us free so that we can proclaim this same message that everybody would hear that they can be set free as well. This is who we are, church. He was born. He needed a body to sacrifice on the cross. Hebrews tells us that. Christmas was necessary in order for Good Friday and Easter to take place. So don't separate these two. Don't commercialize them too much. He was born to die and to rise from the dead. It's all one story. In conclusion, I'd like to say Matthew tells us how Joseph fits in this most amazing story of the birth of Jesus. There was divine guidance in his life, just like there was in Mary's life. This amazing story was in fulfillment of the prophecy that was given in the past. In fact, many prophecies predicted that this would happen. The story is amazing in that God himself entered our sphere in order to redeem us from the power of sin. Jesus was born so he would have a body to sacrifice on the cross for our salvation, for forgiveness of our sins. Let's all stand and pray, please. Thank you, dear Lord, for Christmas. Thank you for what you have done in our lives. Help us, like Mary and Joseph, to say, here we are, Lord. Use us in the way that you want to use us. I pray for the leadership of this church, for every member of this congregation, that they will be focused on the real thing, giving themselves to you, that you would work in and through them to touch many lives in Port Albany and beyond. Thank you for what you're doing already through them. And I pray that if there's anyone in this room who has not yet surrendered to you, that they may come to surrender, to put their faith in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
I just told you the most amazing story. You may be seated.